You're going to remember this every day for the rest of your life. If you want to get to a goal, if you want to get to your dream, you've got to focus on all the little steps. You have to put in your time. You have to be patient and you have to enjoy the process. Whatever you're doing now, whatever you want to be great at, whatever you want to be special at, I'm sure you, you may be already be good at it, but to be extraordinary, you have to do extra. I firmly believe that we are all here for a very specific reason, to do something truly extraordinary. But what are you going to do to get there? Welcome to the Magna Method Podcast, and I am very fortunate to sit down today with guru, training specialist, life coach, personal coach, brand coach, an all-around amazing individual, my good friend for many years. I call him my little brother, but the truth is I learn more from him than he usually does from me. Mr. Louis Barone. Thank you, man. Glad to be back on the show. Yeah, it's awesome to have you on the show. We're experimenting a little bit here. Tell them why we're experimenting today. Because uh, we're trying we're trying to film the actual podcast now. So we've got two cameras rigged up, a couple lights, and we're going to see how it looks when we put it uh, when we put up the final cut. We put it up to show the world. <laughs> yeah. To show the world. And we're still trying to figure out ways to video shop age out of my uh, head <laughs> but it's awesome to have you on the show and it's awesome Thank that you. you're doing this but we're going to talk about a few things today and our topic today is how to build a business for personal trainers that's right how to build a business for personal trainers and there's so many things we want to talk about but be patient we're going to get them all in maybe not in this show but in the shows in the future as well for sure so talk about you coming to south beach miami and what your intention was when you came down here we've talked about these things a little bit before but we need to kind of re uh recap how you started here because guys come to uh, a place like new york miami they want to start a personal training business they have a degree they don't have a degree we know this that the market is oversaturated for sure for sure and there's so many trainers there's so many fitness and wellness professionals and to set yourself apart, it's going to take a while. It's going to take a lot of time, hard work, and sacrifice, and doing things in a special way. So talk about your story, Lewis. Yeah, so when I started, I started off at a performance facility in New Jersey, and it started just from basic interest. So um, I was working out at the facility, and I worked out with the coaches there. I worked out with a, you know, with a small team there, and I genuinely liked it. And from there, I asked my coach at the time, my strength coach, if I could take over some of the adult classes in the afternoon and start working in as a coach. So he kind of walked me through what certifications I would need and what I would have to do to make that happen. Um, so I started the process from there. Um, so his name is Mike Nunziato. His place now is called TNT. He's got three facilities in New Jersey. Guy's an awesome coach. Um, and he really gave me like that first start where he believed in me. So I was like, okay, cool, let's do it. Um, and that's where it started. It was just interest. And honestly, I was willing to do it at that time for free. So I just wanted to do it. Um, and then I also tried to barter where I could basically work out with him for free if I could teach some of his classes. Right. So that's basically where I got started. It's very interesting you say that and you, you'd work for free. Nowadays, I think most people want to know what they're coming in and they want to get paid a lot of money. And there's, I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to make a lot of money, but you kind of have to crawl before you walk. You, know, you absolutely have to crawl before you walk. 
And if you don't have an advanced or well-developed skill set, why are people going to pay you? Yeah. Right? I, I think that, that we're conditioned that way early on. Um, if you think about it, think about what parents wanted to push you to, at, at least in my upbringing, it was what? What are the options when you were a kid that your parent was like, this is what you should do? What was it? Mine was joining the military. Okay. Well, I didn't get that one, but I got like, you got to be a doctor. You got to be a lawyer. You know, if you're not if you're not trying to reach to the stars, then you can be an, a, a, a police officer. You could be a teacher. But what they chose were professions not based on your own interest or your unique abilities, but jobs that paid well, that were stable, that you can build a home from, you know, the American dream, so to speak. And I think that we're conditioned that way. So I see a lot of personal trainers that'll look at the field and think, wow, like, you know, these personal trainers make a lot of money. And I see these guys traveling and they're working with these upscale clients, you know, and they think I should do that based on not interest, so to speak, but based more on the potential to make money. Right. So now the new thing is like YouTube. Right. And like I should build a YouTube channel. There's so many guys that make money. And the truth is, there's actually a very small amount when you really look at it who make good, money. good money. And why? Because they're good at it. It's not because, oh, it's just a YouTube channel. It may start that way, but it's got to start from some basic interest. And if you're not really willing to put in the time, effort and in some cases, the money, like in my case, I want to start doing some of this film stuff. I had to allocate some funds in order to do that. But that just goes to show like, you know, I'm not in it for the money. I'm in it for quality time well spent. Right. Well, you know what you said uh, speaks volumes. It's so interesting. The reason that they make money is because they happen to be very good at it. That's right. not an accident. You know, the people that do well uh, financially from whatever their skill set is, that's because they worked their tails off at it and they developed it over years and years and years. The people that have amazing Instagram channels and have hundreds of thousands to millions of subscribers, that's a nine year, eight year, 10 year thing. That's how long it takes. And that's right. just to be solid at it, not incredible at it. I mean, you're just in the game at that point. So, you know, people think multiple streams of income of course, multiple streams of income. You want to make good money, but to be good at anything, I talk about it all the time. You got to spend a, a boatload of time doing it, and you have to make sacrifices to make sure that you have a lot of time in working on that craft, whatever it is. I'm talking a podcast, uh, uh, any sort of radio show, being a personal trainer, really anything. We deal with all different kinds of professions in Miami and Miami Beach, and it takes work so you let's go back to your story you transitioned down here and then you applied at a corporate wellness facility right so then yeah so basically i knew that school wasn't necessarily working out with me i was in my junior year and my only interest was really to play sports but at that time i had made a, a mistake where i was supposed to take a summer class that didn't work out um and so when they were asking for my summer transcripts basically said, you know, I don't have them um, because at the time my advisor did tell me that I could take it in the fall, which the school would then pay for it. I was on a scholarship at the time. And um, so that whole thing was like just my, you know, just being kind of irresponsible. Then that's how I saw it. But now as I see it is like I was totally being guided. So basically I decided to drop out um, and move to Miami 
and pursue a, a career as a personal trainer. So at that time, I had probably about six to eight months under, under my belt of like real client work, not just, you know, because in the beginning, I think a lot of guys count experience as, hey, I've been I've worked with a coach. I've been I've been trained before and I've been training all my life and I'm an athlete. <laughs> this guy's in the camera. And I'm an athlete, so right? it's, and that's it's, kind of their it's an criteria. easy blend, right? Right, exactly. And honestly, a lot of facilities will look at that. You know, if you have an athletic background and such, they look at that as credentials on your resume. But let's let me just hit on what, why my opinion, why I think that is. It's not because hey, you're an athlete, you must be a good trainer. Of course not. That's ludicrous because there are a lot of athletes that are probably hurting people all over the country. Sure. It's because to be an athlete in most places you need discipline you need some sort of structure and you have a goal oriented mindset so you understand what the end result should be and you understand how to work toward it that's why those things on a resume a resume excuse me are more advantageous than the average person who doesn't have any sort of a body of work built up right that's why they look at those things hey if this guy was a college athlete well, college athlete is a few steps away from some sort of um, structured organization that accomplishes things, right? Agreed. So you, of course, we're going to look at someone who's an athlete or a professional athlete or someone who uh, was in high management and understands how to lead a team. You know, it's between being a trainer or managing or leading a team of trainer or leading anybody you better have some experience in the field of being a trainer or leading people, leading people or being led by someone great. I mean, that's important. And by the way, that doesn't mean that you'll be good at it at all. Right. That means there's a chance you could be good right. at it. But that's only the start. And that's exactly, you know, you make a great point because that's exactly where I was. You know, I knew what it took to be disciplined. I also was never a star athlete by any means. So I knew what it took to work. Um, you know, when I transferred to the last school that I let, that I was last at, you know, I, I was offered basically a DH position. They needed a guy who could hit. And at the time I was coming off an injury, so it was perfect for me. Um, but I had to work my ass off just to make the lineup. I mean, we're talking about, you know, an NCAA school, but D2, you know, right. so it wasn't, you know, it was never the upper elite, but I knew what it took to work. I knew what it took to rise to the occasion when needed. Um, and those principles were all derived from, you know, my career per se in athletics as a kid growing up since right. seven years old in organized sports. And I think somewhere uh, on this path or on this road, the lines got kind of screwed up and what sincere, genuine work truly is got blended with social media, posting, beast mode. Like, to be beast mode and be a true worker, workhorse, not only just working, because working is great, but it's absolutely nothing unless you're accomplishing things and making actual progress. That got blended because a lot of people don't understand what genuine work is. And they say, hey, well, it's all, it's all relative, right? I don't know if it is all relative. Okay. So in regards to work in the lines getting crossed with, you know, putting in sincere, genuine work and then actually making progress and accomplishing things and 
being on a path path where you're progressing and you're improving your skill set it takes time it takes sacrifice and you know i think it's just a byproduct of all the social media social media is an amazing thing i happen to love social media but the lines can certainly get confusing when it comes to what work is and what someone is trying to perceive themselves as a hard worker um I agree. And I think that's why you have to start from a place of genuine interest. Oh, because yeah. to push yourself every day against resistance to work at something that, you know, you're doing for the wrong reasons, meaning that you're either doing it for money or the end result. I mean, if every day you show up to work and all you care about is the end result and you and I know how long it takes to get to these quote unquote end results, you know, where it may be that you saw progress on a client. It may be that you just had your first $10,000 month or $100,000 month. It may be that whatever that end result is, if that's what you show up to the daily grind for, if that's what you show up with, that intention of receiving that, that's going to be really hard because it takes so long. So you're going to get, you know, you're going to start getting anxious. You're going to start discouraged. getting discouraged, right? And then it never becomes a full-blown passion or a full-blown career you know and i and i think that really is the problem that most people start from a place without clear intentions clear intentions to their values who they are and whether or not if the job actually speaks to them well let me stop you there it's funny because most people don't even know who they are they well, really don't yeah yeah podcast. i mean that, that we can, <laughs> i don't want to get so sidetracked but they don't even know who they are therefore they don't know what they're aiming for Therefore, they don't know if they think they don't, but they don't know if they're going to be pleased with the set of circumstances that they're about to jump into with their current field. Right. So you have to do some, spend some time alone and really try to figure out, as Lewis said, what is your true intention and what you're really working toward. And one of my mentors, someone who I respect very much, a good friend of mine, you know, we were talking about a few younger people, and we and I said, I can't believe this person jumps from one thing to another thing to another thing to another thing. And he said, Mark, do you realize how blessed and lucky you are because you found something that you truly love to do? Yeah. And he's absolutely right. I can't tell you. I don't remember the last time I came to work, and I wasn't really happy. I might have bad circumstances ahead of me or tough or challenging, or I knew I was going to have a tough thing to do that day. But I was always thrilled and over the moon to go to work. I'm serious as a heart yeah. attack. I, I smile every day and I'm so happy because not only am I doing something I love, but I'm surrounded by people who are also like that. So when you think about it, of course it's work. People say it's not work, man, if you love what you do. It's still work. Yeah. But we we but we love what we do at the same time. Sure. Right? Yeah, and the idea is that even if you weren't being paid for it, you'd you'd be doing it because that's the place where we both started from and i think that's the place where it's kind of you know again it's just much it's much more genuine and it's true to who you are so it's not like you're doing anything extra and i think again so i want to hear i want to hear how you got started too because i think that's that's a pretty cool story as well and i think you know before we leave phase one you know i think phase one we can define as clearly just look at where you spend most of your time right right Ask some of your friends, hey, what do you depend on me for, for most? You know, what's one of those things? Like if you were to call on me, you'd call on me for that. You know, is it that I motivate you? Is it that you come for me for education, for resources, for whatever, right? Find out 
what your niche really is or what your unique abilities are, what your strong points are, and then work from there because you're much more likely to succeed in that in that way. Right. You know? So tell us a little bit about how you got into training. I got into training, uh, I, you know, played football and sports my entire life. I was very lucky to uh, spend time playing in the NFL and bounced around the NFL. Then I played in the CFL and in between the NFL Europe. And when I got out of football, I worked uh, in a job where I was wearing a suit. And I just didn't like it. It was a salesy type job. Um, I think we're all in sales, obviously. I know. I get that. I completely get that. But this was a bit different. I didn't like wearing a suit. I didn't like... I wasn't passionate about what I was doing. It just wasn't. You know, and you hear this a lot, but I spend most of my time training. Number one, training. Number two, trying to improve my life through health and wellness and the lives of the people around me. I always did that. Like, since the day I was born, I was always trying to help people and make them better because a lot of people helped me make my life better. So because most people contributed to the life of Mark Magnan and improving his life, I thought it was natural to do that for someone else. Like, that's what you do. And honestly, I've had nothing but great experiences, great people in my life because they're like-minded. So I made the, I took that suit off one day. I threw it in uh, my car, my, the truck I actually had, and uh, I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a personal trainer. Because, you know, my I, I had a background in that. And, of course, I did have to go back and study because my primary degree wasn't in that. So I had to take as many continuing education classes as possible to know what the heck I was doing. But I found a great place to work, a corporate wellness uh, facility. And I got a ton of education. And I all, also parlayed that into lots of education on the side. And... I was obsessed with growing and improving myself, so I started working at a performance center. So I was doing both jobs at the same time, working at a performance center, working at a corporate wellness center. And, you know, at a younger age, many years ago, my mother used to wake me up really early, no matter what. I mean, Saturday morning, I was up at like 5 o'clock. Don't ask me why. And if it wasn't for hockey practice, it was just to be up. Because she wanted me up, being productive, doing something. So I've been doing that my whole life. So I did that in training. And I was always like the first person at the gym or I was always the first person training or doing something to try to improve myself. And that's what I started doing. So, you know, the people that I saw in the gym in my first job, first corporate wellness job, uh, being a PT, personal trainer, I knew all the people that were in the gym at 530. And there was no one else really in the gym at 530. So who got all those clients? I did. And yeah, I remember there was one woman... Uh, from a uh, the Jewish community in Miami who wanted to train and I trained her and because I trained her that gave me uh, that was a huge huge um, what do you say um, that meant a lot of people trusted me so I got several women from that community that trusted this guy and before that I mean, I wasn't even making money. I was working for free at the performance center just because I wanted to learn because the guy at the time named Pete Bomarito really knew what he was doing and he was well-respected. And he was a lunatic, but he I learned a lot from him. And I, I didn't care. I would be there five, six hours a day 
and that was a part-time job and I learned a ton from him and I'm taking that knowledge we're working with high school college and mostly professional athletes and I'm getting all that information and learning it and just education and I'm taking it back to the everyday people of Miami and South Beach and I'm learning correctives um, training programming I mean I was programming overseeing watching learning programming of maybe 70 pro athletes a day and I did that for many years and I was just staring at programming and learning it and I don't get this why is this why do we just choose this I want to understand why we follow this exercise with this exercise I want to know why we set the reps here I want to know why we're backing off here I want to know what we're downloading I want to know where we're taking them to do this I asked a thousand questions and because I put myself in it it wasn't like like now training is hey I'm gonna take that course for two days dude I was there for years like every day and that's the best way to learn it. You have to be there for years. You know, I love when people go take classes and courses or weekend courses, but I wasn't worried about not making money and taking time off because I wasn't making any money. So I, my only intention there was to improve and learn and shut my mouth and spend time doing it. I wasn't in a rush to bust through that so I could go make tons of money. I just wanted to be good at what I was doing. And the only way to do that was to sacrifice huge chunks of my life to sit there, shut up, and just learn. Pay attention. I listened with my eyes and my ears. So that's I, that was my start. I went to Equinox in South Beach. I learned uh, a ton from those instructors as well and the continuing education they had there. And I realized that Working all day is hard. Never said it's easy. I mean, not if you're doing it right. Not if you're, you know, you're giving energy all day and you're working. You're training yourself from four to five thirty in the morning. First clients at five thirty, and you're working till ten thirty at night. I mean, that's hard. And I learned what it's like to put your time in, and I did that every day. I never asked anyone, "Hey, what time do we go to work? What time should I show up?" I know what time the door is open. I'm gonna try to be there an hour and a half early. I know what time the place closes. That's when work finishes. I wasn't trying to get the hell out of the building. I wanted to be there all day because I wanted to make myself a part of that. And not knowing anything at the time about branding, what I did know is that if I show up to that job and I do only what's asked of me, if I just train people, well, then I'm not doing everything I'm Mark Magnus capable of. Because what I'm capable of is doing that and above. I wanted to train the people I had as clients. I wanted to do a great job with them. I wanted to help the people next to me in any way, shape, or form. I did want to help management. I, yes, I didn't want to wear my name tag many times. But aside from that, I had a manager, God rest his soul, who I actually thought the world of, who was a ball buster. But I did think the world of him. I would never tell him that, and I should have told him that. But... He loved his job very much and he would get on my back, but I want to do anything I can to help him. I wanted to help him get on my teammates to help them get better. And I wanted to go above and beyond whatever they asked me to do because I love the people I was around and I love what I was doing. And um, that whole time was a serious blessing because I met you there. I met people like Eric Story there, Jacqueline Kaysen there. And uh, the truth is my life has gotten better and better because of all these people in my life. And I owe everything to them. So 
based on what I just told you, I'd be a fool not to take that to the next level, right? right? I mean, that's what life's all about for me. So that's what my progress as a PT, how it started. And, you know, the truth is I was working at this corporate wellness facility and I was also training privates on the side, outside. And I tell, I haven't told anyone this, but the truth is I was doing very well financially. Okay. I wasn't a millionaire, but I was doing all right. And I was very happy with my life the way it was. I loved um, being around the people I was around. I loved my clients because they were all awesome. Not only were they my clients and I w they trust me with their health, but they were, they took care of me. They looked out for me, you know, constantly. I have one woman who's like a sister to me. She does my accounting. I had another woman who's like my lawyer. I had a guy who was a doctor and he took care of everything for me. It was incredible. The vet. The vet, of course. Oh my God, he was amazing. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I didn't need to start the next project, which was anatomy. And the truth is, I never really did it for me. Did I want something special? Yeah, but the reason behind it was I wanted to create a very safe environment for members. I wanted all members that walked in the door to say, I love this place. I love this place because everyone is genuine, kind, there to help me and I feel safe here that's what it was all about and the second part of that is I wanted the trainers the front office and the staff to feel like they worked in a good place because I felt like the trainers needed to be I understand the other place was corporate wellness I get that but I just felt like the trainers need to be treated better and I wanted to create a place where they could get treated better so it had very little to do with me I could have progressed Trained more clients, made the same money, you know, paid my bills, drove a nice car, uh, get the house, all that stuff. But at the end of the day, without knowing it, I did know that it was about other people. And if you don't get that yet, there's probably going to be a problem or a disconnect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's the same thing with building value in your business, right? It's like if you're doing it to say, what do I get out of this? chances are you're not gonna have a very long lasting business or one of value because the only way that you can make that exchange, meaning you give me money for my service is if my service is of value to you. So I think it has to start with the other person in mind, right? Yeah. The person that you're serving, even if you're creating, you know, something like a product or a service that doesn't involve you, it's still, it's what's the end user's result, right? Like you're thinking about the end user in mind. Um, otherwise your product is a bust because it has to solve someone else's problem. So therefore you have to consider what that other person's going through right. and how you could assist. Right. And you know, the truth is you're not paying yourself with your money. Someone's investing in you. So you're a fool to not understand that the most important person in the relationship. And I say this all the time. Someone taught me this a long time ago. You could talk about business. You could talk about your relationship. You could talk about family. You could talk about client, uh, uh, trainer, client relationship. The most important person in a relationship is not you. It's the other person. And there will always be a problem when that person's most important person in the client is them. And to you, they're the most important person. So you have two people focused on one individual. It's not an exchange of care in uh being genuine and looking out for the other person.
because that's where true synergy truly happens when you're looking out for that person and they're looking out for you right it's a big deal right because you can't care for someone else unless you feel cared for and in that regard like in those relationships like you said you've had plenty of clients that have taken by better care of you than you felt you took of them Right? And it's in that case where they feel so cared for that they want to care for you. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's one of the principles of, of influence, which is reciprocity, right? It's like if I say, hey, Mike, uh, Mark, that's a nice T-shirt, you know, chances are you're like, oh, thanks, man. I, I like your shirt as well. You want to give me something back in return. That's just pure human nature, mm-hmm. you know? So I think yeah, in, it's not, in those I'm sorry, that's not, well. That's not BSing. That's being human being. Yeah, just having that natural intention of like, you know, someone just cared for you and you just want to care for them back, you mm-hmm. know? So I think that's also an important part of building your business, understanding that it's not about you. And I, and we see, we've seen that too, right? I'm sure you've interviewed plenty of guys that come in they're like, dude, I mean, I'm shredded. I know what I'm doing. I'm totally fit. And they work out and they think because they work out and because they know what they're doing with themselves and they got have a great result that they can then turn that and parlay that into a coaching career. Well, it's interesting you say that because that's actually the worst possible trainer, instructor, coach you could hire. Yeah. Because although, of course, it's ideal for the person to look fantastic and look fit, I get that. That's a no-brainer. But someone that invests that much time in themselves and is always about themselves, I want to say I don't remember one time where they were just fine taking care of another person or a client roster. They actually, it's never happened. I'm not saying a person needs to look bad, but they need to have some sort of mentality where I understand that they are the most important person. And I see red flags all the time, and I go, this is going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. And I made a ton of mistakes hiring people, and I said, you know what? I can teach them. I can show them the way. And... We both know how hard it is to change ourselves. It's almost impossible to change another person's mindset and focus. Yeah. No, it's very true. And I think a lot of the red flags for me is like when I see a guy working out during like a prime time hour or I hear a guy complaining about how he can't get his workouts in because of the clients or he can't get all the meals that he needs. And the most successful guys that I've seen, they take care of themselves first but by any means necessary. And that doesn't mean, you know, outing a client out of a primetime spot. That just right. means, shit, I got to wake up a little bit earlier. Yeah. You know, I got to, in some cases, blend my food. I got, and I'm, and I'm not saying that you got to push to that degree where you're making so many sacrifices that your life is no longer about you, right. but others, right? Because there's a, there's a good place to also be selfish. You know, course, a, in this course. business, you've got to be 90% selfless, I would say, 80, 90%. But then there's got to be a selfish part that takes over. And that's not like once a week on a Sunday. That's got to be daily. You have to be well taken care of because you can't take care of anyone else unless you're taken care of. Right. And it's all a matter of being organized when you're a trainer. Exactly. See, if you're organized. I mean, I've had guys here. They come in. They got to eat. They got to eat. And I see that quickly that their eating, as you said, is the priority when they've done nothing all day. I hired a guy here. He was, he came in in a suit, looked fantastic, great interview. He got a recommendation. That was okay. Uh, Someone said that he was going to be good and he's a great person to hire. But my first mistake was he thrived in a corporate environment. And this is very much not a corporate environment. What I mean by that is corporate is going to keep stacking the deck in your favor. 
They keep giving you chances, keep getting you chances, keep giving you chances. Here, this guy needed to interact with clients. And when he interacted with clients, they knew, A, he was full of BS. And he was full of BS, so they didn't trust him. He didn't seem genuine. I would meet him. I would see him daily walking the floor. He'd come and eat three, four times a day because he was very into fitness and his body, of course, because that's our field. But he was putting all his effort into being on the clock eating and very little into what he was trying to accomplish here, which is change people's lives. And his actions and his words, I mean, he... He was the second coming of Tony Robbins and motivational speaking to the point where he created a book to put it on my desk of quotes. And I couldn't tell you, I had to have to tell you that I spend the majority of my days trying to convince the team to not hate this guy. And I thought at first, maybe it's me, I'm hard on people, but the entire team didn't like this guy. So I, I struck out hugely when I hired him. It's an individual that... I see now what mistakes I made, meaning he couldn't get business going, you know, and I tried to every single person I hire here, I have a vision for them to be a leader or lead a different facility at some point. Like that's my goal for them. If they have goals for themselves, that's fine. But we're going to build this brand and I'm trying to build hard, hardworking, highly motivated overachievers who welcome all work and are looking to be in leadership roles. But the only way to be in a leadership role is to act like a great follower first. Then you become a leader because you understand what needs to be done. You have to live the life. People that don't want to do that will never be able to lead. No, I agree. So I think it has to start, you know, from that standpoint of just, like you said, though, it's just reading other people. But the key word that you said was priorities. Right. And it's like, again, what are your priorities? If your initial priority is to take care of others first, you're going to do great in this business. Right. And if it's not, if you come first, you're going to struggle. And I think those are like automatic red flags, key factors that I look at or that I've looked at um, when hiring guys is like the more into their own fitness they're in. Right. If they're not talking to me about what they've done with others or the way that they've tried to work with others, because I've had people that come to me. And zero experience working with anybody, but they're fit as hell. That's like automatic red flag. Yeah. This, you know, this guy or this girl is more or less about the way they look, the way they're perceived, you know, their, their routine, their thing. And those people are very hard to break out of that mold because that just is not fitting. Right. Right. It's not a unique ability that they're capable of. Right. And so people might follow them in the sake because they want to look like them and they'll say, wow, you know, right. how do I get there? Right. But it'll never work because at the end of the day, what works for me doesn't work for you. And the only way that I can find out what works for you is to have genuine interest in you. Mm -hmm. And most of those guys don't have it. So, you know, I think that's an automatic red flag, not for you. You know, you're where you'd be better off is just the online guy, the Instagram guy. You know, you just, hey, here's my program that I'm doing. Try it. It might work. It might not. I look great. So it worked for me. It might work for you. And I think that's a much better approach. But when it comes into personal training, personal training, it doesn't work. Right. And, and let's just clarify and correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't want to put words in your mouth at all. No one's bashing Instagram. No one's bashing the social media, the online coach who cookie cutters for 300 people. I'm not bashing that person. No, because, that's, I'm just saying that's yeah, a route. Right. That, 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 that's a, of course. And if that's your true intention to do that, that's fine. But I think our point collectively is 
there's a huge difference between being an outstanding uh, real world in front of the client coach, instructor, strength coach, being a successful strength coach, personal and trainer, or being uh, Instagram success right. or online success. If you want to be online success and make money, more power to you. That's awesome. But most people in this field, and the field is fitness and wellness, understand that being a good coach, trainer takes decades. And, to, and it's all about people. You know, I, I'm saying I'm in the personal training business. I'm in the wellness business. I'm in the fitness business. I'm not in any of those businesses. I'm in the business of people. Yeah. And it took me years to understand people, and it starts with me. Yeah. I have to understand myself and what affects me and how to pay attention to other people's needs, wants, behaviors, patterns, words, everything. Right. And I think, again, you know, the way I meant it was it's a route, right? And so, look, there's guys that they're straight up like, look, try my 12-week ab cutting program. I'm cool with that. Why? Because they're saying, look, this is my 12 week. This is what I've done to cut my abs. They're not saying like, let me build an ab cutting exercise for you. They're saying, try my thing. So I'm cool with those guys. Hell, I even follow a lot of those guys, right? But the ones I'm not cool with are the ones that'll put themselves out there as if they're doing something special for you and they're actually presenting you with cookie cutter bullshit that they create just for the general consensus of right. like, this will work for pretty much everybody. Because honestly, with those guys too, it's they're not to bash because it's just, look, they figured out, look, my route is not so much the personal training, but I can provide information. I can show what works for me. And guess what? A lot of people are motivated by that. And a lot of people get results by following these people because they either created this community of people, you know, uh, as a resource or just people they associate with. And therefore now they live a similar fit lifestyle. I'm all for that, man. Right. But again, that's a route. So again, if for those guys that come in and it's all about them, all about their routine, this might just be your route as like the Instagram guy, right. which is totally cool. You can grow your influence and et cetera. Um, just not for personal training. Cause I've seen people that try to come into this zone because they think, Oh, well look at my Instagram. It's like, does yeah. it? it's not the same. It's not the same. And the problem is with that is that, man, if you get a great Instagram, I'll follow you. I'll follow you all day. I want to see what's going on. I think that stuff's really cool. I got to mm-hmm. be honest with you, but you get exposed when you're in front of a client. And that's the best scenario. The worst scenario is that you could really get someone hurt. Right. Because there are, you know, rules to training. And when I say rules, rules means that there's certain things that don't jive with people's mechanics. Okay. So. Well, that's what I'm saying, Mark. Like, think about this. This is what I'm telling you that I don't like is an Instagram famous trainer claiming to be a trainer right like these people don't train anybody you know what i mean they work on their own and they present my 12-week cutting program that's a marketing team put together for them which is again great it can work but don't list yourself as a personal trainer if you don't train anybody personally it does it just doesn't make any sense yeah it's not a personal trainer no, you're not a personal sense. trainer yeah, you're an i you know you're an instagram fit person and you provide your routines Before like you just call it what it is routines content sure so you can be like I'm a fitness resource. I'm a fitness what blogger, but you're not a personal trainer. Mm-hmm. So I think no, those I are just that. different fields. And again, I don't say that in a in a in a negative way. I'm just call it what it is, right? Because then when someone does reach out to you, 
because they're reaching out to a quote unquote personal trainer and they're asking for advice. And then you give them your cookie cutter program that is not personal whatsoever. And then that person, this is, this is where I get upset. If someone takes on something that they thought was personal, they try and use it. They fail because it wasn't personal. It didn't fit their lifestyle. There's so many different factors, right? It doesn't fit. They fail. And therefore they're like, shit, I can never get fit. Now we might've lost that person forever. Right. Where if they would have talked to the right person, they could have possibly made the transformation, made some progress or just some progress. Right. And that's guess what? Progress equals happiness. So you you also have someone who's very unhappy. Now, stress goes up. Everything goes bad from there. You know what I mean? So that's what I'm saying. Just call it what it it is. It sets things off in a negative way. It's a negative path. Plus, it looks bad on me. They're like, oh, you're a personal trainer. Yeah. I had a personal trainer. He, yeah. you know, he was from whatever. Name the company. I don't really, like, yeah. bro. Give I, me a break. I really don't believe in personal trainers. Right. Personal trainers. I got to be honest with you. I know what I'm doing around the gym. I'm good. <laughs> it's like, you know, I had a. There was a guy in here three years ago when we opened, and he said, you know, Mark, uh, I'm really not doing the personal training thing. I had a personal trainer. Yeah, I used to work at the corporate wellness facility. I keep referring to. And he was there every day training with a trainer. I actually know the wife of the guy that he used to train with. And uh, long the guy fell off. And uh, it was a long story. But the point was that it was very cookie-cutter-ish. Okay? And he said, Mark, I'm not going to do the personal training thing. I said, hey, let me just throw one session your way. I want you to experience a session with uh, one of my trainer trainers, Grant. Just do one session. The guy does one session. After the session, he comes up to me. He said, I got to tell you, I've been training with trainers for like 12 years. I've never experienced anything like that in my life. That was incredible. I just bought 50 sessions, and I'm going to get in the best shape of my life. Thank you so much. And I was thinking, if he's saying that about this guy. Now, granted, this individual is a terrific trainer who I think the world of. But what does that say for the other people? Like, what were they doing? Right. And what were they doing for 12 years? Right. If you want to do the math on a guy training five days a week for 12 years, that's a beautiful home in Miami Beach. Yeah. I'm serious. Yeah. No, so, for sure. like, you have a responsibility, man. When someone trains with you, I say it all the time, they're not only investing money into you, they're putting their life in your yeah. hands. Like, you have to be on and, and pay attention and... I'm, I got to think about how am I going to get them closer to what they're focused on now. And that now may be laying a base or laying a foundation to get to the goal later on. But it's your job to know. Yeah. And I think so, you know, this is kind of on the far end of the spectrum, but I think it just draws some light to the idea of like how it could, you know, potentially like hurt other individuals that are in the field or just the field as a whole. Let's say someone's really healthy right super healthy they're all you know all their blood work everything's good you know they they're 100 health is 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 immaculate and so they go on instagram and they claim to be doctors and they're like follow my program and i'll show you how to be healthy you understand what i'm saying like it's it's, it's no different they're not really a doctor you're saying right that's what oh, so that's what i'm scary. saying is that that's they're scary. like oh i'm super healthy right oh, so now i'm a doctor the, the same way if somebody's saying like i'm super fit so i'm a trainer Right. Well, that's on par with saying, man, I, I, you know, I've seen a ton of movies. I could act. <laughs> it's the same Dude, thing, man. Like, yeah, yeah I understand. Yeah. So I know we get off on a little bit of a tangent there, but that, those are actually big topics that I can only imagine what 
the listeners think because I'd like to hear those comments, by the way. So shoot your comments. When we post it, you can list all your comments. Um, so then, you know, uh, going back to the story, I progressed and, and started Anatomy at 1220 with my business partners who are incredible people. Very uh, blessed that they are not only supportive, they are there, they are active, and they make this dream a reality because I absolutely could not do it by myself. Um, and then, you know, when you build this thing and, and you want to have a good personal training business and uh, a wonderful fitness facility, although you are a, a big contributor, you are absolutely zero unless you have a great team. So the people that left their jobs and came here and followed me here and believed in me, that's a big deal, man. And I appreciate that and I'm grateful for that every single day because they understand that they don't, they're not here just to do their job and go home. There's more to it than that. I don't hire people for that. I don't need that because I have hundreds of resumes on my desk of people who want to train people, benefit from the anatomy name, and bounce. We're looking for people to help grow this brand in the most positive way to influence a massive number of people uh, in, the, in the most healthy, fitness-conscious way. And they're doing, uh, going above and beyond, and we pay them well, but they should be getting paid even more because of the amount of time they put in. And I'm well aware of that. But when you think about it, a guy messages me and he says, I want to work for you at Anatomy at 1220. I'm like, great. Where are you from in Miami? He says, I'm not from Miami. I'm from Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'm like, so, oh, so you'd move yourself here? He goes, no, I'd move myself with my wife and my two little girls here from Tulsa, Oklahoma. So if you don't think there's pressure to do well, this is what I mean. That's when you know it's really not about you. Right. It's about him because if he moves his family here and he fails, what's he going to do for his family? What are they going to do? How is he going to provide for them? He's got to be successful. So now not only do you have to stay on top of your stuff, you got to stay, stay on top of the stuff of the trainers that are here, the people that are here, and the people that you're bringing in are, and that are moving their whole life, committing their entire life to come here. You want to talk about pressure and job pressure. There's a lot of pressure. And it never changes. It's always going to be like that because I have a responsibility to give them the very best of Mark Magna, no matter what it is. And I ask the same thing of them. If it's just important to me, this place is going to go down in shambles. But finding those people is hard. Yeah. It's hard. But I firmly believe, and I've told you this a million times, you attract what you are. Right down to, if you look at each trainer, and you look at each trainer's client roster, they're usually the same types of people. They might not look the same. Of course not. But they're the same types of people, either driven, uh, easygoing, lackadaisical, responsible, irresponsible, whatever it may be. It's a fact. Very true. Very true. So I think, yeah, then the next piece of it is like you got to find a place where you see where you fit. Right. And I think in a lot of times in the in the in the corporate facilities, it's a little bit tough because it's a little bit more saturated. Um, you know, there's a lot more volume. Um, but when you have like here at anatomy where it's very specific, right? It's, it's one location and every, you know, everything falls under the one brand and everybody's got to kind of fall in line, so to speak, um, because one represents the other, right? And so you can't do anything without the mirror effect, 
right? So in that case too, you know, for you hiring your guys or for your guys even coming on, you know, I know that with the interview process that you go through and the amount of like detail you go into as far as bringing guys on, they really got to fit the bill, so to speak, you know, because, because you know that the way one, if they do one thing, right, it's going to represent all things that, that are done here. So it has to be done perfectly. Right. Oh, yeah. And I say, and I notice with all your guys, you know, they're, they look the part, they're, they're smart, they play the part, right. And they're fully committed, you know, and they do a little bit of everything. I right. see these guys doing some social, social, social stuff online, you know, some branding stuff, but then it all falls in line with the brand and it's always kept clean. It's kept professional, you know, and it's kind of like, again, it's a reflection of what you do. Right. And so I think that's super important where guys almost, you know, they may be intimidated when they come and meet you, but at the same time, they're like, you know, the thought I think in the background is I got to live up to those standards Yeah, because you won't accept anything less. Right. Um, yeah. I tell you, you said a couple of things. They play the part and I know what you meant. Certainly they obviously don't play the part and it, it's twofold. That's what they are. And that's why it appears to be a bit seamless because that's what they are. They don't have to play the part. Right. Many years ago, I, I spoke to a 20 trainers at a corporate wellness facility, and I said, you know, you have to show your clients that you really, really care. And, you know, there's several tricks in this game, but that's not one of them. And one kid that wasn't paying attention to the speech got up and he said, well, how do you fool them or get them to really think that you care? And I said, you can't fool them. <laughs> you have to care. So that has to you have to be a person that cares man and look man there's a lot of times where i don't want it last night i'll get into that in a second but you know you think think about you said they're doing extra things the reason that these trainers are doing all these extra things and it's falling in line with the brand is because that's what i went looking for they don't do things out of line because that's not who they are Right. Right. So we talked one time at a trainer meeting about be careful what you post in which meant you can post whatever you want. I mean, I can't tell you what to post and what not to post. Of course, I cannot do that. But I said, just be mindful of it, because if I think enough of you to bring you here and employ you and you don't care what you post. And you post something that's a little bit um, controversial. It could be F-bombs, a naked pic. And I had I talked to a trainer about this who I love and think the world of. And it could be a naked pic, uh, F-bombs, whatever it is. It could be something really terrible that you say, whatever. Be mindful of that. And I'm going to tell you why. If you're thinking that it's just about what you post and it's my Facebook page, it's my Instagram, I can do whatever I want then you really don't belong here. And I'm going to tell you why. Because when I'm out with my wife and someone grabs me and says, hey, Mark, I saw that post by so-and-so on your team. Um, what do you think about that? And I have to talk to that person for an hour when I get maybe six hours a week to myself with my wife. That's pretty selfish. So if you think it's all about you, you're delusional. It's never about you. If you work somewhere and you're on a team... It's about everyone. So don't start thinking that it's just about you because it's going to fall back on everyone's head and everyone's hands. 
right? It's this is a job, this is a profession that requires around the clock attention. So you gotta be mindful of the Facebook posts and I'm never in a position where I can just stop answering the phone. It's not what I do. The reason I have, I'm in the position I'm in is A, because people have cared about me enough to contribute to my life and B, because I care enough to answer that phone. And I understand you got to you got to balance, you got to turn it off. I understand that. But Mark Magna has a reputation for being reliable if he's anything. Last night a guy called me. He wanted me to talk to his son about training. It was 9 o'clock at night on a Friday night. I talked to him. I talked to his son. I got off with his son, and I said, um, he, I said, what, do you, what did your son want to do for training? He wants to get in great shape because he's going to college. I said, great. I called the son. I asked the son what he wanted to do. After our 30-minute talk, now it's 930, I decided to call the father back. And I said, do you understand uh, what your son's goals are? He said, yeah, 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 I got it. I said, are you sure? He said, yep. I said, well, let me share them with you, and then we'll see if you're aware of these goals. I said, your son wants to go into the United States Army and um, try out for the 75th Ranger Regiment. Are you aware of that? He said, what? Um, no, but my son's going to college. I said, I don't think he is. According to him, he's going into the Army, and he wants to be a Ranger. I said, you should talk to your son to make sure you guys are on the same page. Then call me back. Hmm. And that went from on, on from 9 to 11 p.m. on Friday night. Wow. So it's not just uh, do some push-ups and do some jumping jacks. There's right. a lot of stuff that goes on. I don't know how we get into that, but I felt like it was a good story to tell. <laughs> no, for sure. I think... You know, again, just going back to knowing that you fit in the facility that you want to work at and then also, you know, knowing that you can work with the team because honestly, the best trainers that I've ever met have all been a part of a team. You know, I've never you met like previous experience. I mean, or, I mean, either either previous experience or within that, you know, within either either they own their own company and they own their own facility, but they work with the team. Right. And I think I've never met a freelance trainer who just works on his own, who developed his training on his own and, 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 and his business on his own and is better than the guys that I've met that are on teams. And I think yeah, the biggest true. thing is that, you know, a team will always push you to be better. You always have a, you know, a kind of like that, that point of relativity where you can look and you can judge yourself accordingly, you know, based on what you see around you as well. So you have some sort of foundation and you could say, wow, like this guy, I could definitely see this guy progressing, moving up, you know, what have I done? And you can kind of put yourself on check right. or you just have those feedback points, that mirror, you know, that we talked about earlier. Um, so I think it's, it's, it's crucial to be on a team, especially early on. If you go out, you do your own thing afterwards, you know, that's cool too. But I think it's important to be with the team, especially in the early stages. And it's like the saying goes, right? Like, there's no such thing as like a, a one man band or like a self-made man, self-made man. Yeah, that's exactly there are no self. My, my opinion has always been this guy's a self-made guy. I once again, I know what they mean by that. They people who say that. But look, man, you may think you did it on your own, but I promise you if we looked into your life and your story, and your path, there were people conspiring to help you that you may not be aware of. I promise you. I had tons of help. I would not be where I am had I not had someone grab me by the arm and say, yeah, man, bad idea. Don't do that. Really. 
and for the most part I had good people around me and it was a true blessing really a true blessing and when you talk about the team that could be a whole nother podcast and show mm-hmm. you said early on well I think people don't understand like hey man I don't want to be a part of a team I'm not a team guy I do my stuff solo that's to me is someone who's like and I say I know this is going to be a poor term uh, mental midget because the benefits that you could get from being on a team are it's just so advanced I'm talking about help assistance friendship love uh, caring giving there's so much and those people will bring other people into your lives to give you more opportunities and but the you have to have experienced that or you don't get it. You're not going to understand what that means. You know, um, when I'm on a team, when I'm a part of something, where I grew up, the people that I grew up with, where I went to college, the, the man I played for, uh, for my college football team, the group of young men that I played with when I played college football, it was... I'm making a promise to other people. I'm making a promise to them trying to tell them that, hey man, I'm going to give you my best. I'm telling someone that I got your back, you got my back. And to me, those aren't cool, tough words. That's real. That happens. And it happens to me every day. And if I tell you, hey man, I'm going to take care of you, I will do that. Guess what? I'm going to do that. If I tell you I'm going to make that call, I will make that call and I'm going to have that conversation. So, and then you have 10, 12, 50 other people doing that for you. That's the way it works. So you have a responsibility to give your team your very best and they in turn are going to give you their very best. And it's so imperative that you surround yourself with those types of people. That's why at times I'm very hard on a staff. That's why at times I don't hire everyone. I, I, I look into it with a microscope. I've made mistakes. I've, I've had trouble before. But the benefits of being on a team are huge. But the team members need to be committed to each other. If one person is not committed to the team, it will show, it will stick out like a sore thumb, and it will be a problem. So let's go through like a semi-recap, but then also just highlighting some key features that people can you know start taking action on or just kind of uh start looking at you know if 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 it's trainers that we're talking to that want to eventually start a business so the three what would you say are the three most important uh characteristics i think that's an easy word to use characteristics that someone would need uh in order to be successful in the pt business um number one is always my number one and i don't think anyone is i think we all need to strive to do that we had a team meeting the other day and i said this is probably the most important piece that you could ever have in your backpack of uh key things to have be a world-class communicator You need to be a world-class communicator because being a world-class communicator is going to get you, uh, put you rather in a position to get clients to do what you want in training, get them to understand your message, your cueing, um, 
be open-minded, understand when they have something serious in life that's happening and that maybe that training session is going to be not much of a training session. It might turn into a therapy session. I know we're not therapists, but at times we are we have to be very good listeners as well as communicators, right? And being a part of communicating is listening. You have to understand what's happening with the person in front of you, the person that is the most important person in the room. If everything that you say comes off as offensive, if you are intimidating to talk to, if people are intimidating to approach you, if um, you cannot hold the conversation, if you cannot send a text to clear up, clear the air on a situation, you need work on your communication. And I, till this day, sometimes I, I, I communicate and I pump my fist and I go, oh man, that was great. Oh man, that went so well. And then other times I'm like, that was a huge bomb. That was awful. So being a communicator is key. And that's being a personal trainer. We're always studying certs. We're doing continuing education. The first cert you need to have is work on yourself, man. You need to make sure that you can communicate with other people, your team, the staff, everyone. If, if you're not on a team or you don't work in a building, you don't work at, at a facility, you need to be able to communicate with every single valet, every single front desk person at every single condo that you go to. And they need to be people that like you. They need to be in your corner, period. So communication is number one. What's number two? Number two is a strong, consistent, and deep enthusiasm for your profession like you have to people are paying for your programming for you to keep them safe for you to make them healthy but first and foremost they are paying for your enthusiasm that's why they come here they walk in the door they go this place is awesome i feel amazing thank you for the energy that's the word they use energy and energy does not come from programming it comes from the enthusiasm that you attack your days and your sessions with. Enthusiasm is everything. Agreed. Third. The third is twofold, uh, maybe very similar words, uh, being grateful and appreciative. You have to let the people you know that are around you, your clients, your teammates, your everyone, everyone that you work with, how grateful you are of what they're doing in your life. There may be one small little thing, but you need to tell them, I really appreciated you doing that, and I appreciate how you do this, and you're really good at this. Thank you, because that helps me as well. You need to be vocal. You need to say those things. Every time I leave the building, I look at the front desk person and I say, thank you for all your hard work. It's not to sound cool or be a nice guy, that's not the easiest job in the world. It may seem easy, but there's a lot going on. They're the first person that contacts every person, right? Hey, how are you? Good evening. I hope you're having a great morning. The GM here, the guy is one of the hardest workers I know. He runs all over the building like a crazy person. And if something's broke, he fixes it immediately. He's awesome. And not too many people tell me he does a good job. The person that does our books in the back for accounting, she does an incredible job. We have a guy who's... Here, uh, one of the smartest guys I've ever met. He does consulting for us. I always think we would be in shambles if he wasn't here. We would. The person, the woman who does our marketing, I laugh because we, we say she does the marketing. She does 50 things. If she wasn't here, we would burn to the ground. 
She does everything, and I need to let her know. You do an amazing job. Thank you so much for doing that. If it's sending an email, thank you. I really appreciate you doing that. And is it their job? Yeah, it's their job. But who's to say that you can't show appreciation that they're doing their jobs well? Right. Same thing with the training staff. If they do something well, you need to say, hey, I saw what you were doing. That was outstanding way to go. But it's twofold, right? Right. If they don't do something well, you say... You don't rip them. Your job is not to belittle them. Your job is to coach them and say, what were you thinking? Why did you not do this? How do you think we could have handled that differently? My job is not to belittle anyone. If I can't help them evolve, not only was the thing that they did a mistake, but I'm useless because I'm not helping them advance. So let's say they they cross the checklist, right? So they're world-class communicators. They're enthusiastic as hell, right? And then they're also grateful. What are three action steps someone could take, right? They've hit checks on all three, and now they're ready to take action and move into the world of PT in whatever sense that may be. Now, are we stating that, yes, they do already have the education? They do have the part yeah. of the course ed education? Well, let's say maybe the one thing is start with that, right? Get educated. Yeah, well, get if you want to say get educated... You may have a degree in exercise science, kinesiology, biomechanics, and all those things are amazing. You absolutely need those. But it's kind of like being a lawyer. You go to law school, do you think you're ready to try a very important case? No. No. Not. Right. I mean, you can understand biomechanics backwards, but you can't talk to people. That's great. You're going to be doing biomechanics in the corner by yourself. You need to be able to communicate with people. That, so the second list is always going to go back to the first checklist. Mm -hmm. So you need to get educated. How do you get educated? I have to understand why I'm programming the way I do, um, what tools I'm using, what's going to help them, what's going to help them. They can't put a bar on their back. What am I going to do? What's an alternative that's going to be the biggest bang for their buck that's going to help them work in a safe way to get them to where they want to go? That's really important. Um, so when you say get educated, I can't say get educated, but I can say continue get educated okay so continue education and that's a non-stop thing mm -hmm. i mean you need to be doing like two or three classes a year minimum and by the way even if you teach people say hey man i'm such a baller i'm teaching curriculum yeah that's great you're teaching what you know what about the stuff you don't know oh, that's a great point right you should be learning the stuff you don't know right. so you can have that in your portfolio and you can call on it i always give the reference in the nfl there's a playbook that's 350 pages they might go to page 171 one time over the year and you need to know it yeah you can't say yeah man i, I forgot that one yeah. you forgot that one it's probably a touchdown and that touchdown could cost you the game and that game could be the game to put you over the top for the playoffs so you need to know it right. so there's er everything that is in my path everything that i hear of i'm really trying to make time to do those things if i hear like there's a seminar in uh, south carolina where there's going to be 12 speakers who are have had an incredible influence on the on the fitness and wellness and strength and conditioning industry i'm going i'm gonna go i want to hear what they have to say because they might say one thing that pays for the trip meaning like that i've learned something so powerful and i don't care if i spent five hundred a thousand dollars that one thing is going to help me for the next 15 20 years put your time in you have to put your time in. And look, who doesn't want to wake up at 7 o'clock and start work at 8, 8.39? And no one's saying you can't do that. But early on, the reason why people wake up early is not because, hey, man, people tell me all the time, Mark, that's not healthy to get up early. What I'm trying to show you is that the more time you put in, 
you can expedite the process because you need time in you need time in the field you need time around people it's not good enough that you just see the people from 9 to 12 in the morning then you take a break in the afternoon then you see the people from 3 to 7 you need to see everyone because the contact someone told me one time hey man you're not you're not a good communicator i said that's interesting do you think you're a good communicator and the guy said yeah i do i said well, what do you do he says well i work in office and i process paperwork and i do this and I said, do you talk to a lot of people all day? He said, yeah, well, I talk to the girl in the next office, and I talk to the guys on the second floor. I said, my facility has, 20, the one I worked at before, had 2,500 people in it, at which we saw 800 of those people a day. I knew them on a first-name basis, and I knew their family. I talked to them every single day. So in the 10-year period of those 600 to 800 people a day, who got more contacts with people? I did. And that doesn't make me a good communicator. That means that I had more opportunity to work on communicating. Yeah. So that's why you need to get up early and see everyone and be around people because the chances of something going down where you're needed and you can jump in and be a part of it is greater. So get up early. Yeah, there might be a lot of times you're standing around, but let's hope that there's something that you can do. And most right. likely, if you're a proactive individual, there will be something you can do. Okay. So put in your time. Yeah. Okay. And so then the last thing. The last thing is being thorough and following through. Always following through. Um, I read something. I'll actually read it to you right now. I'm going to find you this. This is a uh, a great thing. You may have seen this, Lewis, but um, this is great. You really like this. This is, has to do with sales and contacts. So it says sales statistics. We're all in sales, especially in training, because you're trying to sell your services. Exactly. So if someone gets a lead or there's a person that says, hey, reach out to this person and contact them. I think they want to train. It says 48% of salespeople never follow up with a prospect. 48%. 25% of salespeople make a second contact and then they stop. 12% of salespeople only make three contacts and stop. Only 10% of salespeople make more than three contacts. This is where it gets fun. Hmm. 2% of sales are made on the first contact. 3% of sales are made in the second contact. 5% of sales are made on the third contact. Pay attention now. 10% of sales are made on the fourth contact. 80 80% of sales are made on the 5th to 12th contact. So if you have a mentality where you're going to give it the old college try really hard one time, you should go home. Yeah. If you're going to give it the old college try and really try hard the first time and then maybe a second, you should still go home. You have to be in it for the long haul and you have to see things through. And how do you see things through? It starts with being organized and making sure that you're touching everyone multiple times. Calls, text, emails, following through and getting back to people. That is huge. Huge. People say, hey, I don't have enough business, Mark. Uh, I want to get more leads. Dude, you, I hope you contacted all those people 12 times. They should have 12 emails, <laughs> 12 emails in their inbox from you going, this guy's annoying. At very least, I'm calling this guy to tell him to stop bothering me. And when I, when they call you back to stop bothering you or email you back, boom, that's contact. Keep it going. Now it's your job <laughs> to take it to the next level. And that's the idea. 
I'm not trying to upset someone. I'm not trying to annoy them. This isn't a this isn't about a hard sell. This is about a sell where I'm trying to get you to understand what I do, how I do it, and how if you give me a shot, I'm gonna show you through action what kind of value I'm gonna have. Yeah. I'm gonna have there's gonna be so much value uh, in your investment in me that I'm gonna give you back that you're gonna go, I can't believe I didn't have this guy in my life before. So following through. Right. And I think for the trainer too, it puts the pressure back on them where they're like damn you know finally after 10 contacts i got this person like i gotta show up uh, yeah i gotta show up in it in it in it's the old saying like we've heard it before it's cliche but nothing worthwhile comes easy if you've contacted someone 10 times and they're like all right all right let's do this you better bring your game <laughs> they're not gonna show up and you give them a crappy session and you don't know what you're doing you're not organized they're gonna right. go you really wanted me to come in after 10 tries yeah, they're gonna say this? i knew i was right right you want them to walk out. Wouldn't it be a great feeling for them to walk in and say, walk out of the session and say, you know what, man? I know it took a lot. It was hard to get me in here, but that was incredible. And I'm so glad I did it. When could we do it again? They're telling right. you that. When can we do it again? You're like, I didn't change the guy's life, but I certainly changed his mindset in the right. moment, right? And that's how it starts. It's got to start somewhere. Agreed. You can close it there. All right, man. Thank you so much, and we're going to do another one of these, right? Let's do it, yeah. And if you want to hear something else and you want to have an, us discuss another topic, just put it in the comments, and we will definitely get after it, all right? Thanks a lot, Lewis. Appreciate it.